looks like the whole world is ready to turn the page. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And I know what you mean. People are already wishing each other Happy New Year, making New Year's resolutions, or just looking forward to a day off from work. So, since you have a day off from work, can you journey for 15 or so minutes with us? Follow us at redpilltorah.podbean.com, find us on Facebook or Twitter, and on Google Play. Don't forget to follow, like, and share our podcast. Invite a friend to listen with you. Feel free to comment or ask a question. We love hearing from you. So, let's get started. At the time of this recording, 2019 is winding up and 2020 is just around the corner. The ending of a year usually causes one to be reflective. We think about the things we've accomplished, the things we haven't accomplished, and maybe about things we could have done better. Many people want the year to go out with a bang, so they make plans to party to bring in the new year. Right, Tim? Well, Miss, uh, I think you know where I've been on New Year's Eve pretty much every year for most of my life. I was in watch night service. It typically started around 10 p.m. New Year's Eve and lasted well into the start of New Year's Day. We would have prayer, praise and worship, lots of music, a sermon. It was much like any other worship service. Shortly after midnight, we would embrace each other, embrace our children, and then our extended family and other believers who were there at the service. We were all very grateful to see the start of a new year. I understand that this type of service came from practices during the times of slavery in America. Still, we saw it as offering the first of the year to God, and we were really very sincere about our worship to Him. When I was a teen, I spent my New Year's Eve at home with my mom, watching the Dick Clark New Year's Eve countdown show. I remember that. And when we married, we brought in the New Year together at church. When we had kids, uh, they brought in the New Year with us at church. It was something we did as a family. Yes, it was, Mama. I'm really proud and grateful about the way we held our family together and the way we raised our children. Bringing them up to know and love God for themselves was, and still is, really important to us. Teaching them to start the new year honoring Him was something we had always done and never questioned why. Yeah. You know, New Year's service was one of the many things we just scheduled in as parents. You know, in addition, having kids made me even more sensitive to the large number of schedules and calendars that we had to keep track of. You know, there was a school year calendar. Mm -hmm. Every sport had its own calendar and year. Um, there are fiscal years in business and even dog years, which admittedly might be a different example. But my point is, there are a lot of different calendars that we operate by. And then there's our standard world calendar, right? Right. But uh, where did we get that standard world calendar from? And uh, since we're talking about the new year, where did the new year celebrations come from? Well, the calendar most people use today is the Gregorian calendar. Mm. It was introduced by Pope Gregory VIII in 1582. Like Gregory, Gregory, get it? I get it. Okay. And it was developed as a correction to the Julian calendar, 
which was instituted by Julius Caesar. Now, when it comes to how we celebrate New Year's, we look back to Julius Caesar. Uh, when he reformed the first Roman calendar, making it solar-based, he instituted January 1st as the first day of the year, with January being the first month. His intention was to honor Janus, the Roman god of change and beginnings. Janus was known for having two faces which allowed him to look into the past and into the future at the same time. During January 1st, Romans would offer sacrifices to Janus in exchange for good fortune for the new year. They would decorate their homes with laurel branches, they would attend wild parties, and exchange well wishes and gifts. Miss, it seems like we can't walk five feet without bumping into some influence from a false god. You know, you're right about that. Well, you know, in our last podcast, we talked about living in Babylon. The more we learn about the origins of many of the everyday things that we do, the more we see practices and names that are based in things our Elohim does not respect. You mentioned January being named after Janus, Mm -hmm. the two-faced God thing. Yep. Well, February is named after a Roman purification festival called Fibrua. Fibrua later became Lupercalia, you know, the strange occult predecessor of Valentine's Day. March is named after Mars, the god of war. I could keep going. Hopefully, though, it's becoming clear to our listeners just how deeply embedded these things have become in our culture and our everyday lives. We can hardly even communicate about specific dates and times without making references to things our Elohim hates, but such is life in Babylon. You're so right, Daddy. And it's not limited to the Gregorian calendar. Would you believe that the names of the months listed on the Jewish calendar are Babylonian names? The name of the sun god, Tammuz, somehow managed to be included as one of the months. What? When our Elohim named the months, he numbered them. For example, in the Bible, they are called the first month, the second month, the third month, etc. The influence of Babylon, Greece, and Rome are really hard to escape in Western society. When you were describing the origins of the uh, New Year celebrations, mm-hmm. I could hear their influence on some of the New Year celebrations that we have today. And I can't help but think about the watch night services we attended. We were offering sincere worship to our Elohim, thanking Him for the official beginning of a new year that he actually did not even authorize. Our Elohim did not designate January 1st as the first day of the new year. Nope. As I recall, you mentioned that Julius Caesar did that to honor that false god, Janus. Mm -hmm. Our Elohim authorized a different start to the year. You're talking about Exodus 12, verse 2, where Jehovah told Moshe, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months, It shall be the first month of the year to you. The month he was talking about was the month he delivered Israel out of Egypt and slavery. It was the month of the Aviv. That can be found in Exodus 13, verse 4. This month occurs in the spring, not in the cold of winter like January does. Yep, that is exactly what I'm talking about. Not only did we base our prayers and our reckoning of time on the Gregorian calendar, 
developed in honor of false gods. We did not recognize the year that our Elohim authorized. Now we did these things in ignorance. Now that we know better, we really want to do better. And I'd say it's about time. I think that our actions were mixture, combining things our Elohim hates with his worship. If you heard our last podcast, Living in Babylon, I think you know what I'm talking about. And to be clear, you're not saying that as believers we should stop writing the date using the Gregorian calendar, like, you know, when we sign our checks. Thanks for saying that, Mama. And yes, you are correct. Sometimes when we discuss these types of things with other believers, they often stretch our point too far as a rebuttal. We are talking about our Elohim's worship and mixing in standards that he does not approve of. To our listeners, if you're writing the date on a document, like a check or whatever, please use the date format that is standard in your area, okay? Whatever that format might be. Remember, we can be in Babylon and able to transact business without being of Babylon. And Dad, I want to make another point about New Year's service. Okay. If you think about it, nowhere in the Bible does our Elohim tell us to celebrate him on New Year's Day. He does give us a list of feasts and appointments we should make ourselves available for in Leviticus 23. You know, like Passover, unleavened bread, first fruit, Shavuot, Yom Teruah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. Moreover, in Deuteronomy 12, verse 30 and 31, he warns us to not follow after those people who worship other gods, that we should not worship him the way they worship their God. He hates what they do, and he will hate it if we do it. We should do just what he says, not add to it or subtract from it. Amen, Mama. You know, there's another way that some Christians mix pagan New Year celebrations with the worship of our Elohim. It's taught by some Christian denominations that on January 1st, Jesus' circumcision is supposed to be celebrated. This is in recognition of the Hebrew commandment to circumcise your male child eight days after birth. Now, that commandment is in the Bible, and it can be found in Genesis chapter 17, verses 10 through 14. But uh, one problem with that is, if Jesus was born on December 25th, Eight days after December 25th would be January 2nd, not the 1st. It seems like some people can't count to eight or three, as in Yeshua being in the grave for three days and three nights, you know, starting on Good Friday and rising on early Sunday morning. Yeah, I'm with you. The math just doesn't add up there either. Besides, most scholars are sure that Yeshua was not born on December 25th. Mm-hmm. For more on that, Catch our podcast entitled The Christmas Question. Regarding our New Year's services, we talked about how sincere we were about the worship. We also want to talk about the great mercies of our Elohim. Now, including us, of course, no one knows the whole truth. Sometimes in our walk as believers, we discover that something about the way we live our lives or our beliefs is not in line with His instructions. Until we become aware of what we did not know, our Father's mercy is so rich towards us. And I'm so glad for it. And when He does open our eyes to, uh, to His truth, He gives us grace 
to choose the red pill, to repent and change. And may we all have the courage to test our actions and beliefs with the written word of God and the courage to follow his Torah, his instruction. You know, Miss, while we're living in Babylon, the language, the calendar, and culture don't reflect Jehovah's ways. Nope. Scripture reminds us that we are in the world, but not of the world. When it comes to his worship and his instructions, his Torah, we must be separate from outside influences. The new year starts when Jehovah says the new year starts. We're his peculiar people because our ways are not the ways of society around us. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we shared. Do some research about the things we've mentioned. Share this podcast with two friends and double the love. Thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour where you can handle the truth.